2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9. Now, um, when I was asked to speak, I had uh, I already had a, a word, word. I'm like, okay, great. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm already ready. And then the day before yesterday, God said, nope, that's not what you're speaking. That's not it. We're going to go a whole different direction. Hallelujah. So, and, and it, it's, it's a blessing because, A, some of it you've heard before, but I have to reiterate it. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Um, but some you have not heard from me before. Amen. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9. And I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. All right. Don't have the Passion. You can just look up on the screen. It says this. It says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. If I, if I had to give a title tonight is how to overcome adversity. How to overcome adversity. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you today. For God, you have been great, you have been wonderful. And we thank you, God, for already being here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. Move in this pot of clay right now in the name of Jesus. I pray now, just use me. Use me like you want to. And we will give you glory and honor. For God, I know that this word is for someone. So God, just use me. In Jesus' name, amen. So how to overcome adversity. I don't know about you, but last year and so has been a, a, a year. We've had some great times and we've had some hard times. But like the word said, it didn't take us out. We may have gotten a little, some, some of us may have gotten sick. Some of us may have been broken, but we overcame that. For God has made us more than conquerors. So we was able to conquer all those things that the enemy had tried to bring on us. But he lost again. I say, tell your neighbor, he lost again. He lost again. Now, now in, in this 2 Corinthians, Apostle Paul, this was Apostle Paul talking to the Corinth church. And anybody who knows about Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul was a, a he was a go-getter. Yes. I'm going to say it like that. He was a go-getter. When he, it didn't know, when he didn't know Christ and he was a religious person, he was a go-getter. He took that same kind of mentality to when he did know Christ, right? And Paul went through a lot. He went through um, getting bit. He went through getting stoned. He went through a lot of stuff. But he did not allow that to stop him from fulfilling what he had to, fit, had to fulfill, all right, he said, he said 
that he said he fought a good fight. And he did fight a good fight. All right? He, you know, he fought a good fight. Matter of fact, his fight was so good, he said, okay, I'm done now. I'm finished my fight. I don't finish my course. I don't finish everything that I was supposed to do. And at the end of this, um, in, in my message, we're going we're gonna to look at a story that, that Paul, Paul did. But I just want to show you that even though he went through all that stuff, he didn't quit what he had to do. He overcame every adversity that came in his life. And I kind of tell you because you have the same spirit that Paul has, you can overcome every adversity that comes in your life. Because the enemy not going to stop. He, he understands that you have some promises that haven't been fulfilled yet. He understands some purposes that you have in your life that you have to fulfill before you leave here. He understands those things. So he's going to do all he can to stop you from fulfilling those promises. He's going to do everything he can, but it's up to us to not allow that to happen. All right? So what we're going to do, I'm going to talk eight keys. and it's Eight, eight keys. Well, first of all, let's go to Proverbs uh, 24, 10. We're talking about overcoming adversity. All right? Okay. So Proverbs 24, verse 10. And I'm going to read this version and New King James Version, and then I'm going to read two other um, versions, that if, you don't, if that's okay. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Okay? Let's look at this in the message. Look what the message says. It says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. It wasn't much to you in the first place. <laughs> but the living Bible says it like this. It says, you are a poor specimen if you can't stand the pressure of adversity. Mm. So that means that since we are already built to win, we was created to win, we should be able to stand the adversity. We should be able to overcome every situation, every circumstance, every fire would come. We should be able to overcome that because we was built for that. He created us to conquer and do, be, be dominion. When he said being dominion over all, he meant dominion over all things. That means also dominion over adversity. That's when he created us. When, when Jesus came back, and, okay, so we heard, heard on Sunday how Adam had dominion, and he failed, right? And, and we talked, he, uh, and Pastor Middleton, excuse me, Pastor Middleton, he came and did a great, wonderful job about the breath. He, he spoke about how God breathed in Adam, breathed in Adam, and he became a spiritual being, Right? Then he said when he fell, Jesus had to come, right? He died, and then on the day of Pentecost, the breath came back again, right? Meaning that now the same thing that God told Adam, we're supposed to be back doing the same thing, having dominion, right? 
I mean, he, he, he said, he laid that out so profoundly on Sunday. Amen. But, but God said, have dominion over all. And that means over the serpents. The devil is a serpent. That serpent of old, the devil. So we should have dominion over him. Matter of fact, the Bible said that he's under our feet. And you have to remind yourself, Satan, you're under my feet. Hallelujah. So, but if we fail or if we faint to these, that means that our strength is small. That means that we, 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 we wasn't these conquerors, basically. That's all it is saying. We wasn't those conquerors that we should, we should be. All right? All right. So we're going to go over these eight keys. And like I say, I shouldn't take long. Amen. Um, and the first key I, I wrote on here, first key is prepare for the battle before it comes. Very simple, right? You prepare for it before it comes. I, I was thinking about last time Barbara spoke, she was talking about training. She was talking about running a race. Everybody remember that? All right. But you have to train for that race. All right. How many here right now, show of hands, believe that you can run two miles without stopping? Raise your hand. Two miles, just jogging, okay? Okay. All right. Two miles. Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about walking. I'm not talking about walking. I'm talking about you jogging. Okay. All right. Okay, good. So, so I see... One, two, three, four. I seen about six hands, seven hands. Seen about seven hands who said that they probably could do it. Now, let me, let me ask this question. I'm going to ask this question. Show of hands. How many people ever ran two miles without stopping? Okay. So we got, we got quite a few more people who could run. Run two miles without stopping at one point in time because they was in some kind of type of shape, right? Right? So, so what you said, what, what you said is at one point in time you was in shape to be able to run two miles, right? You was in some kind of shape. But in order to be in some kind of shape to run two miles, you have to train for it or you have to prepare for it, correct? All right? How many in here feel like at this moment you can lift, bench, 225 pounds on the bench? I mean, at least one. At least. At least one. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep my hand down because right now I know for a fact I can't do it at this moment. All right. Now, same question. How many you got, how many fellas? I'm, I'm going to say fellas because most fellas, fellas, I'm going oh, to say fellas, for, forgive me. How many of you guys ever benched more than 225 pounds at one point in time in, in your life? Okay. So we got quite a few of us. All right. But the, in order for you to be able to do that, you had to train because you just couldn't get on a bench at one point in time get under 250 pounds and say, I'm going to get this thing. I'm just saying. I, I guarantee you could. 
especially without any help. All right? All right. You had to have some kind of training. And most times when you have training, that means that you have somebody who is a trainer who's training you. Somebody who has already either A, done it numerous of times or coached people who's done it numerous of times. I mean, they already had the experience. Right? Okay. Let's, let's go to Joshua 1 and 8. Very familiar passage. Very familiar passage. Very familiar passage. Joshua 1 and 8. All right, the Bibles read like this. It says, and this is God talking to Joshua. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Mm. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I apologize. I, I paused there because when I, when I used to look at this, I, I didn't look at it as depart from my, my mouth. Meaning that I keep speaking it. I, my, I, what I looked at it as, I need to be reading it all the time. I just, I need to read it and have it in my heart the whole time. Not, not keep speaking it out of my mouth. Not speaking it out of my mouth. Okay. So it says, not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So obviously he's telling him to meditate it from out of his mouth day, day and night. All right. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your ways prosperous, and then you shall have good success. All right, so the first key I said was you have to prepare. All right, preparation is very important. It's, it's very important. What preparation does is, A, once again, if you're training, if, you, if you're going to run, or you're going to play a, a sport, or you're going to box, you must get yourself prepared for A, the endurance, and B, the blows that you're going to take. And every sport, I mean, you can look at sports. You may take a blow at one point in time. And I don't care what sport it is. It, it could be tennis. You say, how are you going to get here with, ten with tennis? I ball sometimes to hit people. I, I don't seen it. <laughs> You know, you know, uh, I don't have to say nothing about baseball because you know you, yes, that, that happens, right? We know basketball, football, hockey, all those, you, you take blows. It happens. When you train, you're training yourself to be able to take those blows, all right, and keep moving, and keep moving, okay? Um, I, I, this is a few quotes that I've seen about preparation I wanted to, to read, if, if y'all don't mind. It said, um, one quote, and this from Paul Bear Bryant. I thought my boy uh, Chris was going to be here, but he ain't, ain't here. My boy from Alabama. Um, he says this. It says, it's not the will to win that matter. Everyone has that. So everyone has the will to win, all right? It's the will to prepare to win that matters. You have to have the will to prepare. It's, it's, you know, you want to go out there in those lights all the time. But you never, I, I could think all the time for practice. I didn't never used to want to practice. 
tell the truth. I, I didn't. Uh, you know, because I knew I was going to do a lot more in practice than I was in the game. I was going to do a lot more. I had to study more. I had to run more. I had to block more. I had to tackle more. I had to run. I mean, I, I did a lot more. Right? We ran a play at least 30, 40 times. One play for practice, and we only probably ran it two or three times in the game. But he wanted to, but what I realized is that coach or that trainer wanted to perfect that one play before he moved on to another play. And what, what preparing yourself does, it prepares you to win. It prepares you to be able to overcome those obstacles. It prepares you for those things. So we have to prepare ourselves in this word all the time. Because the enemy going to come. You got to have something. Hey, he throw a blow, you got to be able to counterpunch. You got to be able to do something. But if you ain't prepared for it, you're going to get it. You know, um, I've said this one time before. Muhammad Ali, and I think I have have one on here. They called him at one point in time the greatest boxer. He was fighting against George Foreman. And what he did was he tired George Foreman out. He let George Foreman throw as many blows as he can. I guarantee you, George Foreman did not prepare for what he was going against. He did not prepare for Muhammad Ali like he should have prepared for Muhammad Ali. Because he thought Muhammad Ali was a little bit older, a little bit slower. He was just going to be able to do whatever he needed to do because he had just destroyed somebody else before him. But Muhammad Ali was smart. He understood, hey, I'm going to stand right here on this, this ring, Pope, and I'm going to let him try to blow, throw as many blows as he want. I'm going to be blocking him. I'm going to be talking noise to him while I'm blocking him. and let him keep swinging. And then all of a sudden, when he gets tired, I'm going to go at him. That's all he did. So he, 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 took, he had a lot more endurance. So this word, we get into this word a little bit more, we're going to be able to endure a little bit more. So, so preparing yourself. Another quote. Another quote. It says, Every, everyone has the desire to win, but champions have the desire to prepare. It was another one, and this is Muhammad Ali. He said this right here. He said, the fight is won or lost far away from witnesses, behind the lines, in the gym, or out there on the road, long before I danced under those lights. He said the fight was already won way before then. He said before I got in that ring, I already won. For, them, for, for Alabama already got on that field, they already won because they know they prepared a little bit better than everybody else did. Right. Tampa Bay, they already knew they won before they got on that field because they prepared a little bit more. And it was a little bit smarter than everybody else was. All right? And then the last one says, and this is something I heard Dad say. <laughs> he said, you can't board the windows when the hurricane is on your street, down your street. <laughs> you can, when the hurricane is down your street, you can't be boring up the windows then. You are already in trouble. You already have to be prepared before the hurricane comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So that was one. Number two, pray always. Pray always. I'm going to go to Luke 18. And I'm going to read this in the Living Bible. It says this. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. Must keep praying until the answer comes. Must keep praying until you get over that, that, that situation. Must keep praying until you overcome that adversity. Must keep praying. Must keep praying. Must keep praying. Even after you overcome that, you must keep praying. There was a, a city judge, he said, and this is what Jesus said, a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. A widow of the city came to him frequently and appealed for justice against a man who had harmed her. A judge annoyed her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. A fear, I mean, I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman, this woman bothers me. I'm going to see that she gets justice. For she is wearing me out with her constant common. It says, then the Lord says, if even an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think that God will surely give justice? Don't you think that God will help you overcome that situation? Don't you think God will overcome, help you overcome that circumstance that you are in to his people who plead with him day and night? So if you keep praying, you keep praying, and I'm not talking about one of them silly prayers. Oh, Lord, come by here. Lord, please come by here. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Please come by here. Please come by here. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. <laughs> we ain't talking about one of them prayers. Jesus already showed them how to pray. And you pray, like Jesus said, to pray. And you keep praying, and you keep praying constantly. Until your answer comes. And then after your answer comes, you keep praying more. And you keep praying more. And you keep praying more. Hallelujah. Sometimes what happens is we allow the things to be what we're speaking. We allow, when we, when we broke, Lord, I'm, I'm broke. Lord, I'm broke. I'm broke. Instead of praying, Father, I thank you for financial miracles that happen in my life every day. <laughs> Father, I'm broke. I'm broke. You know, and we got to get to a point of letting those things go and allowing God to be God and we speak to him like he is God, like he is the creator, like he, like he owns everything, like he gave you dominion. You got to speak to him like that. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going down the line. I'm going down the line. Number three, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. You got to stay in faith. The enemy going to come and try to bring fear. Remember, there's two, two types of kingdoms. There's two types of uh, kingdom currencies. You have 
faith for the kingdom currency. You have fear for the evil or the darkness currency. We, it's, it's two. We have to stay in faith because if we bring fear in, then fear is going to happen. Those things that you fear, those things that you fear most, they are going to happen. All right? We, let's go to 1 John 5. We should know this one. Hallelujah. Mom and dad always ends with this right here. 1 John 5. Mm -mm. 1 John 5. In verse 4, it says this. It says, for whatever is born of God. Are you born of God? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, so you need to start remembering that you are born of God. Okay? You need to have faith in God and have faith that you are born of God. And you need to have faith in this verse. Have faith in this verse. <laughs> One more time. Have faith in this verse. <laughs> For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, overcomes those obstacles, overcomes that adversity. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith has overcome the world. It, it's, it's, the faith, it's the faith because if you don't have it, you're going to lose. You got to have faith. I, I don't care. I can, I can keep preaching on everything else on here. But if you don't have faith, you don't have faith that these things, these, these keys work. You don't have faith in this word. It doesn't matter what we talk about. You're going to lose anyway. You have to have faith that you are more than a conqueror. You have to have faith that you, you can overcome any situation and circumstance. You have to have the faith. You have to have faith in God. You have to have faith in God. You have, have to have faith in God. Okay? So, so you have to have faith. We got to stay in faith. After you have the faith, you got to stay in it. All right? All right. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep moving. Number four. Number four. Keep the end in mind. Woo. Keep the end in mind. Just know that these are momentary things that you're going through. Know that, hey, they haven't, they haven't killed you. They haven't killed you yet. And they can't kill you unless you allow it to kill you. Remember, the, the Bible says that, that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? John 10 and 10 said that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil comes to do that, right? But he can't do it unless you allow him to have to do it, all right? If, if, I'm, I'm, if a robber want to come into your house and you're right there at the door, would you let him in? I hope not. You know what I'm saying? I hope not. So, you have that authority to not allow the devil to come in. You have that authority not to allow the devil to win. You have that authority. Amen. Remember, God had already gave you the, the, the keys and, and the victory. He's already given you the victory. It's just up to you to just keep moving, keep progressing, not quitting, not turning back. It's up to you to not do that, okay? All right? All right? So, um, second um, last time I spoke, we, we talked about Romans 8 and 18 that we, you know, but uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 through 18, and we're gonna, I'm going to read this in the message, in the message. It says this, so we're not giving up. That's the first thing it says. We're not giving up. How could we? 
Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. This hard, these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming of good times. <laughs> they are small potatoes compared to the coming of the good times. Tell you never, you should have some good times coming. Good times are coming. Good times are coming. Hallelujah. They coming. They coming. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There is far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, but come tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. They will last forever. So it doesn't matter what you're seeing now. It doesn't matter what your bank account look like right now. It doesn't matter what your credit report look like. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report look like. What, what, what matters is what you believe. Whose report shall you believe? Would you, report the, would you uh, believe the report of the doctor, the report of that bank account, or are you going to believe what God, the word of God, what God just told you, that you are rich? That you are healed, that you are delivered, that you are set free. So what report are you going to listen to? Because if you're listening to that report from the doctor, it said I have cancer. Guess what? If you keep thinking about you having cancer and you keep having that fear in your mind, that cancer is going to end up killing you. But when you get to the point of saying, no, 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 my Bible said by his stripes I am healed. He went through this for me. I don't have to have this in my life. I don't have to, I don't have to go through these, uh, this therapy. I don't have to go through this chemo. I don't have to go through this because he's already did it for me. He cleaned my blood. He cleaned my blood. He, he's done these things for me. But I have to believe that and I have to stand in faith for that. Hallelujah. Now, I ain't telling nobody. I'm not telling nobody to do, not to do your chemo. I'm not telling nobody not to go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. Because it's by your faith. It's by your faith. It's not by mine. It's by your faith. Hallelujah. Okay. So, let's go to Psalms 27, verse 14. No, 13. Go to Psalms 13. 13. Psalms 27, verse 13. Mm. Y'all okay so far? Okay, good, 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 because we still got four more to go. And then a story. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalms 27. Woo. One of my favorite verses. One of my favorite psalms here. I used to I used to read I used to read Psalms when I played college football. I used to read Psalms 27 every night before the game. Every night. Because he was my light, should not fear, you know. But Psalms 13 says this. It says, I would have lost heart. I think King James says, I would have fainted. Whew. I would have fainted. I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have threw in the towel. I would have went ahead and just threw myself over the bridge. I would have, I would have did everything. I would have did everything that I should not have done. 
unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living on this side of earth. So, so my expectation is I'm going to see heaven on earth while I'm still living on this side. Not in, the, not in the second life when I go to heaven. I'm talking about right now. I'm going to see the goodness. So that's why I can't stop what I'm doing. I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop moving. I can't stop praising. I can't stop dancing. I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop because I expect to see the goodness. I expect to see that car. I expect to see that house. I expect to see my family saved. I expect it. I expect it. I expect it. I expect to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I expect to see blind eyes see. I expect to see mute, um, it, people who can't hear, deaf people hear. I, I expect to see those things. That's the goodness of the Lord. I expect to see miracle signs and wonders. I expect to see that. That's goodness. That's some good stuff right there. Good stuff. You know how they talk about Campbell's soup? Mm, good. No, 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 no. No. The, 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 what God has for us is good. I expect it. So I can't, I can't draw back. I can't quit. I can't let this adversity take me out. I can't let it happen. Because I expect to be a champion. I expect to overcome it. Hallelujah. Number five. <laughs> Remember your testimony. We're talking about adversity here. How many of y'all ever been through adversity before? How many of you ever came out of adversity before? So, so what you're telling me is you've been through something. You done been through something. Meaning that you done came out of it. But you done been through something and you can't and and you overcame that? So what makes you think that you can't come out of what you're going through now? Come on now. I, I think about my life. I've been sick. I've been broke. I've, I've almost barely been homeless. I've I've had one car, I've been carless. I've I've been jobless, I've been, but through it all, through all that, through all that, through all that, I am here, standing, still standing, still praising, still lifting my hands, still giving God glory, because I said I've been, that's past tense, you've been through. I heard somebody say, you go through to get to. <laughs> David said, yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. Say, yea, though I go through the valley. He said he go through the valley. He didn't say he stand in the, he didn't say he stay in the valley of the shadow of death. He said he go through the shadow of death. He said, for I feel no evil, for thou art with me. How do he know that God is with him? Because obviously God has been with him before. God has comforted him before. So if he did it before, 
He can do it again. If he did it before, he'll do it again. If he healed you before, he'll heal you again. If he brought you out before, he'll brought you, bring you out again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Revelations 12 and 11. Mm, Revelations 12 and 11. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why I can't quit. I've been through too much to quit. He done brought me out through too much to quit. I done seen too much to quit. Hallelujah. That's why I'm going all the way with the Lord. All the way. Mm, all the way. Because I know, I know if I get into some fire, it won't burn me. Now, Isaiah said, Isaiah said in, verse, uh, in chapter 43, he said, you go through fire and it won't burn you. And, and it might not be a, a real fire, but it might be that adversity that I go through. It, ain't gonna, it can't hurt me. It can't harm me. It can't because I have a comforter who's with me. Hallelujah. That's why I don't mind praising God. That's why I don't mind giving him glory because I know that I'm going to get out of it. 12, 12, 11 says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb, the lamb has already been slain for us. Over 2,000 years ago, people were talking about, did you get vaccinated? Yeah, I got vaccinated over 2,000 years ago. I tell them, that's what I tell them now. I say, yeah, I was vaccinated over 2,000 years ago. I'm, I'm good. You good? You good? You go home and, and lay down and be sick for a little bit and tell me I'm bruised up and all that. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. You you, you got it. You got it. I'm going to keep my skin the same way it is. <laughs> and once again, I, once again, I'm not knocking on people who got vaccinated. I got to act like my dad. Not knocking on people who got vaccinated. Go ahead and do, do you, boo. <laughs> but I'm just saying for me, and as for me in my house. Okay. That's all. all no, we, we're real good. We're real good. So, so. So once again, your testimony reminds you, it reminds you of what you've been through before. It reminds you that God has brought you out before and he will bring you out now. You just got to stay faithful and believe and trust. Just like you trusted before that he will bring you out. You got to still do the same thing. Amen. Amen. Number six, which I feel like is a very vital one. It says, don't isolate yourself. From God and your brothers and sisters of the faith. Don't isolate yourself from God and your brothers and sisters of the faith. And I said of the faith. I ain't saying just your brothers and sisters because you got some brothers and sisters who may tell you something totally. Oh, child, why are you doing that? Child, child, you need to be at home. Child, you need to be. Child, don't be doing. No, 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 no. You need some brothers and sisters of the faith. Ones who, ones who ain't going to just rub on your back. Ones who going to tell you, get up, 
Let's get up. Let's praise God. Let's give God all his glory because guess what? You're going to get out of this. Don't, don't sit here um, and have a pity party because we're not going to have a party. Because I'm, I'm going to run out of that party. That ain't the party that I'm going to be at. We're not, I'm, that's not my, I don't choose that. I don't choose the, the baby you. That's not what we're doing here. All right? So, um, Proverbs 18, verse 1. I don't know. If we got an amplified version over there. We can in amplified. We don't, and I'm going to read it. Okay. It says this. It says, he who willingly separates and estranges himself from God and man seeks own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgment. I can just think about my, uh, let, me, let me give you an example of that. Um, one year of my life, I was going through a lot of, I felt like I was just going through. And what I did was I didn't want to hear from nobody and I didn't want nobody to come see me. And I was just in a room and on a couch, because I only had a couch at that point in time. I was on a couch every day just crying, 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 just crying, just weeping, just crying. I wasn't saying God. I wasn't praying to God. I wasn't doing my original praising. I wasn't doing none of that. So I'm just sitting there, and the enemy is just beating my head up, just tearing me up, just yeah, nobody like you. Nobody love you. I got a mom what was down the street, but nobody love you. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. Nobody loves no, you. You Look at what people doing to you. This, you know, you just lost your job. You ain't got your family no more. And he's just going on, going on. And I'm just sitting there just eating it up, eating it up. You know what? You might as well just going to take your life. I'm eating it up. I'm eating it up. I'm eating it up. Now, some in me rose up, though. I ain't going to lie. Some rose up and said, hold up. Get to the church. You know, get, go, go fellowship with somebody. I had to get back to a point of going back to the church and praising God like never before with my people. I, it, 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 it ended up where, of course, I got down here, and I, bless God, I got a lot more than I ever had before. You know what I'm saying? But, but when I was isolated... And when I isolated myself, I had a whole bunch of words coming, coming through. A lot of things that I know I should not have been doing or hearing, and some of it I was just like, okay, I'm going to do that, those kind of things. But that only happens when you decide to isolate yourself. When you don't want to hear God, you don't want to hear what your brothers and sisters of the faith is trying to tell you. That's why a lot of people leave the church. Because they decide they want to just isolate themselves. Instead of trying to get with a brother or sister of the faith who's going to be able to talk to you and going to breathe life in you, you decide that you want to go somewhere else and hear people who are not speaking nothing but death into your life. So we got to get better with that. And I'm not talking about the people in, I'm not talking about people in here. I'm just talking to the people of the nation, people of the world, people who may be going through situations and circumstances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that is very, that's very critical at this moment, at this time. 
We got the world is going, the world is going haywire. It's just going crazy right now. We got a lot of stuff going on that I would have never imagined or thought would be going on. It's going on. I was telling my, my wife a story today about these five-year-old kids today. I would have never thought they'll be doing some stuff they're doing these days. They look five-year-old kids. But that's what they seeing on TV. That's what they probably seeing their parents might be doing. It, you know, things of that nature. But when they see stuff like that, that's what they're going to mimic. And when you are immature in the faith and you decide to isolate yourself, you're going to mimic what the world is doing. Because you're going to feel like this is the way to go. Instead of getting back into this word, instead of getting into having one of these uh, prayer meetings and Bible studies and being in a flight and things of that nature that's going to help you and approve you. You decide to isolate yourself. So we don't want to isolate ourselves. We, we want to make sure. Remember at the beginning I said that it's strength and unity. It's strength. It's strength. You, you get stronger when you have a brother or sister who's there to encourage you. You get stronger when your brother and sister tell you, hey, it's all right, baby. You're going to do, you finna get this thing done. It don't matter what's going on. You're going to get over this right here. We're going to pray. We're going to, we, let's, let's, let's pray right now. Hallelujah. We're going to figure out what we're going to do to get you over this hump right here. It's easier to get over stuff like that when you have somebody like that. But if you don't have nobody, make sure you have God as your comforter. Jesus is still there. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he said. So we have to just be greater than isolating ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. Number, uh, number seven, <laughs> praise God in your adversity. Amen. Praise God in your adversity. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God in your adversity. All right, we're going to look at two, we're going to look at two scriptures, and they, they parallel, parallel each other. That means that they, they happen pretty much at the same time, okay? We're going to go to Psalms 34. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel 20, 21 and 21 and 13, 21 and 13. I'm going to go to Psalms 34 first, okay? And I'm going to tell you the reason why we're going to Psalms 34 first. First. Thank you. All right, hallelujah. I ain't got but a few more minutes, y'all, I promise. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Amen. Okay, so Psalms 34. <laughs> all right, at the beginning of, my, of, the, of Psalms 34, my Bible reads like this. It says, happiness of those who trust in God. Then it says, a Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. Do, do anybody else Bible say that? Yeah. It, it says when he pretended madness. Yeah. So everybody see that part? I mean, most people? Okay. So th while that's going on, what he was saying, while that was going on, he, he said this, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My, show, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Okay. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. 
let, and let us exalt his name together. All right. So stay right there. Stop right there. I want us to go to 1 Samuel. Okay. Now, listen. We know that there was not chapters, in, chapters really in stories, right? So 21 and 22 comes together. Everybody know that, right? All right. So with me saying that, so I can speed up time because I still want to get to the story. All right. 21 talks about, once again, what, they, what it said about the madness. David was acting mad and acting like something was wrong with him. So they told him to, to leave. So he went to this cave called the Dulum. Oh, we're going to this story. And those ones who was distressed, discontented, and was in debt came to him. So we know 21 and 22 was together. At the same time, he was telling them, I will bless the Lord at all times. He was trying to get their minds off of what was going on with their lives. So he, this, is, this Psalms at the same, was the same time he, he became captain over those ones. And that's why he was like, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us bless his name together. Because if I can get you giving him a true praise, you're going to get your mind off of being discontented. You're going to get your mind off of being distressed. You're going to get your mind off of being in debt. Because you know why? My trust and my faith is now on him. My praise is on him. David is just trying to get them to a point of realizing, you want to know how I get to where I am right now? Let's praise him. Let's, let me glorify him. You know, if you look through, the, if you look through thir- 34, he tell them, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He telling them, hey, I understand that you might be going through this right now. I understand that you might be going through that right now. But I want you to taste my God. I want you to taste my God and show you how good he can be. I guarantee you, if you praise me, if you praise God, uh, you're going to get away from being discontented. If you praise God, you're going to get away from being distressed. If you praise God, you're going to get away from being in debt. I, I guarantee you. So he's trying to get, you to get him to a point of saying, you know what? Forget me. It's not about me. It's not about my circumstances. It's not about even this adversity that I'm going through. You know what, God? Let me give you this glory. Let me lift my hands to you right now. Let me bless your name right now. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I adore you. Lord, I give you everything, God. I give you me, God. I give you me. I give you the debt. I give you all that stuff, God. I give you the... And I'm just going to glorify you. Get your... A lot of times, people come in here, and they have their mind on different things. So it's hard for them to give God the greatest praise. But the Bible talks about enter his gates with thanksgiving, okay? Enter his courts with praise. Okay, so we know, we understand. Thanksgiving and praise are two different things, okay? Thanksgiving and we're giving God thanks for all that he's done. God, I thank you for healing me. God, I thank you for delivering me. God, I thank you for blessing me. God, I thank you for saving me. God, I thank you for loosening chains. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm not who I was. I thank you. But praising God is saying, Lord, I know you're a healer. Even though I'm not healed yet, I know that you are a healer. So I'm going to bless you because you are a healer. I'm going to bless you because you're a deliverer. I might not be delivered on that situation yet, God, but I'm going to praise you because I know I'm going to praise you in the verse because I know I'm going to be delivered from it. So, so praise, praise is a faith action, and we say thanks is an experience action. We thank him because we experience the goodness. 
we thank him because he's done so much. He's been so good. He's brought, he's did all these things for us. Hallelujah. He set me free, but I praise him because who he is, I praise him for what he's going to do. I praise him for what I know he's going to do for not just me, but my people, his people. I praise him. So it's a faith action. Why thanks is an experience action. Hallelujah. So, so you just look at it. Look at Samuel. And you look at Psalms. And you put them two together and you see, okay, you know what? We're going to praise in advance for what you're going to do. Because we understand at the end of their story, it wasn't nobody discontent no more. It wasn't nobody in distress no more. It wasn't nobody in debt no more. But they first, the first action for them was to praise. That was their first action. First action was to praise him. That was their first action. When they was going through, their first action was, I will bless the Lord at all times. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. So we should always come in here. See, see, once again, we, we say enter his courts with thanksgiving. So when we walk on these, on these, um, these church grounds, we should be thanking God for what he's done. Thanking God, Lord, I thank you for how you blessed me and you covered me and you kept me, God. I thank you through the night, God, letting your angels keep me with danger seen and unseen. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. But when I walk in these doors, I'm praising them because I'm expecting something even better to happen for my life. I'm expecting something to happen. Father, I'm expecting a move of God to come in this place today. So I'm going to thank you already in advance because I know it's going to happen. That's why you enter his courts with thanksgiving. Okay? And you enter his, okay, well, I said how I said Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. My fault. Please forgive me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. That's why you do that. Because when you walk in here, you expect an even greater. All right? All right. All right. Number eight, Woo. continue to work. Don't quit. And even in adversity, you still work. Hallelujah. It's funny to me. I'm going to tell you what's funny. Y'all want to hear what's funny? People be talking about how terrible their job is. They talk, they talk, they talk all this nonsense about, ooh, if, Oh, I'm just ready to leave this thing. I'm ready. I'm ready. But for some reason, they still there. But soon as they don't like something what happened in the church. Soon as the pastor is speaking what he's talk about the things she needed to talk about that Sunday. Soon as. The pastor said something I really didn't like. Soon as. Oh, that sister was looking at me funny. As soon as. Oh, they said something bad about my child. You know your child bad. They said something bad about my child. Soon as. Soon as. You ready to discontinue your work? 
You ready to quit. You ready to draw back. We can't do that. Because believe it or not, what you learn in here is greater than what you do at your job. See, your job give you a paycheck. But if you get to a point of really believing and trusting in here, you ha- in here, this word that you get, you'll have more riches and riches than you can ever imagine. You'll have people working for you. I, oh, I like that. That's right. Come on, come on now. And not not being and, and giving them more than minimum wage. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go to Matthew 24, verse 6 through 13. Matthew 24, verse 6 through 13. Man, continue. We continue. Continue to work. All right. Matthew, did I say Matthew 6? 24. Matthew 24, verse 6. Okay. This is what it says. Well, I'm going to start four. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and I will deceive and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Is that happening now? Yes. yes. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations. Is that happening? Yes. And kingdom, kingdom against kingdom. Is that happening? Yes. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these, all these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulations, which we call adversities, and kill you. And you might not die physically, but some people have. And you will be hated. Is that happening? Yes. By all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Is that happening? Yes. Will betray, will betray one another. Is that happening? Yes. And will hate one another. Is that happening? Then many false prophets will rise up. Is that happening? And deceive many. Mm. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Is that happening? But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Shall be saved. So, we see a lot of things going to happen, which are happening now. And unfortunately, the ones who fainted in adversity has already left a loss. But we still have, have the church who's still rising up, standing, and we have to keep standing. We got to stand for righteousness. We got to stand for holiness. We still have to do that because we still have people who have to hear this word go out. So, we can't quit. Quitting is not an option. We got to keep moving forward. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I think that was eight, right? 
All right, so I'm going to put all those eight in one story. Let's go to Acts 16. And remember, I was telling about my brother Paul, right? Let's go to Acts 16. Woo. Hallelujah. Acts 16. I said all that to get to this right here. <laughs> We're going to go 16 and 16. Okay, we're going to start there. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, here we go. Y'all remember Paul was the man, he, he a go-getter. When he didn't like something, he did something about it. In the world, when he didn't like it, he did something about it. That didn't change. When he got into Christ, it didn't change. We got so many people who start getting soft. Start getting soft when they decide to follow Christ. And, and, God, and God didn't call them to be soft. It's the reason why God wanted, wanted to. He cho chose Paul because he understand Paul was a go-getter. He understood who Paul was. He understood that, hey, what you need me to do, I'll go do it. But Paul, great little Lord, turned and said to the, to the spirit. And he said to the girl, he said to the spirit, all right, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Okay? And they brought them to the magistrate and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive to or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrate tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods and when, the, when they had laid, hands, laid, laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison Commanding the jailer to keep them securely, okay? Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks, all right? So not only that they arrested them, they decide to put them in the inner prison. So I would call, I mean, I'm, I've never been to jail before, but what I would call that is solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. They're in a place that is the deepest part of the prison. They're in the deepest part. for Just because they commanded doing their job, doing the work of God. They commanded the spirit to come out. They came out. All right? Doing their job. Man, this get good. Hold on. Hold on, y'all. Hold on. <laughs> but at midnight, we done heard this before. But at midnight... Paul and Silas was praying 
and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to him. Now listen, once again, they was in solitary confinement in the deepest part of the prison. Now, I don't know how loud you can be for those other prisoners what's on the outside of that to hear them, but they obviously had to be very loud because you're talking about they was secured. They said they were securely locked up inside the innermost part of the prison. So you had the dungeon, or some called it the dungeon. You had the dungeon, then you probably had another part of a, a, a part of the prison, and then you had the outermost the part of the prison. But the Bible said that the prisoners heard them praying and praising. There was praying and praising. Now, I don't know about you, but I guarantee you their praying wasn't nothing sad. I guarantee if you praising, if one person praising and the other one praying, obviously their praying was something that had to do with praising. I guarantee you. And I guarantee you there was probably switching. Okay, you pray now. I'm going to praise. I guarantee you. So you got one praising? Father, I thank you. I bless you. I, I lift you up. I got one praying. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I love you. I praise you. Hallelujah. Because remember, in a, in a prayer, how Jesus told them to pray, you always start with praise. So praise had to be in that prayer anyway. So you got somebody praising. Hallelujah. You got somebody praying. Father God, I thank you. Hallelujah. I'm praising, praying. Praising, praying. And they're hearing, the prisoners are hearing them. So they're that loud. So they must be getting joy. They must be getting some joy. They must be getting something. Even though they're in chains and they're locked up. How many of us will do that? Is our faith that big at this moment? I, uh, amen. Me either. But I'm just saying, if we were chained and loose, and I ain't saying jail as of it, a real jail. I'm talking about this adversity that you're going through. How many of you guys still get loud and say, Lord, I, for, I, for God I live, for God I die, I'm going to love you, I'm going to bless you, hallelujah, where people can hear you. Even though they know you're going through, even though they know your situation, even though they know your circumstance, can you still give God praise in front of them? In midnight, prisoners were listening. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake because that praise, something had to happen. Something had to happen. Remember, remember in, in Second Chronicles when... First of all, it was Solomon who was, they, they was praising, they had the ministry, I mean the, the musicians and all that, and they were saying, Lord, you're good for your mercy endures forever, and the glory fell, all right? Then we talk about Jehoshaphat, they came in and somebody, Lord, you're good, and your mercy endures forever, and then they did something with war, right? Remember, y'all remember those two stories? Yeah. It was the same story in Second, uh, Second Chronicles. It was Chronicles 6 and Chronicles 20, okay? Just look at Second Chronicles, okay? For some reason, both of them was in 2 Chronicles. But anyway, they was doing the exact same thing. And suddenly, an earthquake happens. Hallelujah. Chains was loose. Doors was open. And the prisoner, prison guard, 
was about to kill himself because he thought that somebody had got away. But this how good Paul was about them continuing their work. The prison, prison guard, oh, he, they told the prison guard, hey, don't do nothing to you. You good. You good, sir. You good. The prison guard say, what must I do to get saved? So all that stuff what happened was just for them to start the Philippi church. Them going to prison, them praising God, them not stopping their work. Just, just, just imagine what happens if they would have stopped. We're not ahead of Philippi church. The prison guard, prison guard would not have got saved. So just think about that. When you're in your adversity, people may see you in your adversity. But when they see you still giving God glory and honor, seeing how faithful you are to him, and they see how you, gonna, you get away from because they see some foundations start being shaken and things be loosened and things start changing for your life, that's how you bring people to the kingdom because they have to see something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 